Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 66. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, have you ever thought that you'd like to start a podcast but don't have the time, knowledge, or skills? All you need to do is record an MP3, send it to my team, and we do the rest. Visit www.podplatform.com to find out more. Okay, let's get started. I am simply exhilarated to introduce my guest today, Woody Woodward. Woody, are you prepared to ignite? I am fired up. Let's go. All right. Woody dropped out of high school at 16, was a millionaire at 26, and was broke by 27. Within five years of being nearly bankrupt, he built from scratch a $30 million company. And today, he's going to show you how. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Woody, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you, and then take another minute and give us an overview of what you're doing right now. Thank you, John. I am a very passionate person. I'm, since I did drop out of high school at 16, I made a ton of money by 26 and lost by 27, then learned how to make it back. My big thing is about overcoming obstacles, beating unbeatable odds. I've read over 1,000 biographies. I've interviewed over 2,500 successful people. And in that process, I learned what I call what's called an emotional fingerprint, that code, that secret thing that everyone has inside them that drives them to do what they do at their highest level. So what I'm passionate about doing now and what I've done with my business for the last seven years is taking this simple concept, turning it into a global empire and a national platform, teaching people about their emotional fingerprint, especially entrepreneurs, how to tap into that, that strongest inner strength. I love that. And that's just going to be a perfect lead into our first topic, which is our success quote, because we love getting the motivational ball running here. I'm entrepreneur on fire. So Woody, why don't you get that going with us? What's your favorite success quote? I heard a quote last night. I collect quotes. So here's the one I heard last night. Defeat is not bitter unless you swallow it by John Clark. And I love that because we all have defeat. We all have fear. We all have things that happen to us. But unless we swallow it, it doesn't apply. So the second we swallow it, we start believing the negative things that happen in our life. Then it starts to take root and takes effect. But if we can push it aside and keep pressing forward, then we overcome those challenges. Such a great quote for so many reasons. Take us down to the ground level. How have you applied this quote, this mentality to your life? Well, having dropped out of high school, not being able to learn how to read until I was 19 years old, I felt like I had a slower start than most people. Now, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. I remember getting suspended from school, selling you know, candy at school, and I sold my first idea at age 16 to Zoomies, and I've always been an entrepreneur, but I've hit roadblocks because of the lack of my education. And so, to me, statistically or on paper, I should be in prison, in prison or I should be working at McDonald's for minimum wage. So, I don't believe in statistics because they're all meant to be broken. All goals, all glass ceilings are meant to be broken. So, to me, the whole concept of defeat is... You're only defeated if you stop. And we've all heard that, but it's 100% true. The second you stop and you believe your own story instead of rewriting your story, that's when you're defeated. That is such a powerful insight, and your journey is so powerful. Take Entrepreneur on Fire back to a point in your journey when you failed or when you had a challenge or an obstacle that you had to overcome, and then take us through how you overcame that. Wonderful, John. I'll never forget as my senior year. So I dropped out of high school my junior year. I had been hit by a car. 
I was into cycling and so I was out training and I got hit by a car and blew out my left leg and missed 30 days of school. And I was already in trouble at school. I was already on probation and I already had horrible grades. So I thought, you know what? I got nothing else to lose. I'll just quit school. So I quit school. Then my senior year, I thought, you know what? I don't want to be statistic. I don't want to be that guy. And uh, I had an older brother who had gotten into drugs and dropped out of school. I had another brother who had gone on to get his PhD. So I had two different examples in my life. And I saw which each road was leading to. And I remember saying, okay, I'm going to get back into school my senior year. Well, I was an entire year of credits behind. So I had to go to school at 6 in the morning for a credit. And then I had to stay after school for night school for three hours to get more credits. And then I had to work from 5.30 to 9.30 to get a work credit. So I was doing this nonstop day in and day out, exhausting myself. And I remember one time turning in a, a book report in my mom's handwriting because I was so tired I couldn't transcribe it into my handwriting. And my teacher wrote on the, on the uh, report, A plus, either give your mom or your girlfriend congratulations. <laughs> and then it came down to the literally last couple of weeks of school. And I was sitting on a bench of 12 other guys. And I grew up in the same house my entire life. I'd been kicked out of two middle schools. So those two middle schools fed into my high school. So I knew everybody. Everybody knew me. We all were friends. And I remember sitting on this bench of 12 guys. And I went to school with these guys since elementary school. And every single one of them got up to get an award, uh, either for uh, scholarships or for academics or for sports. And I thought, what happened to me? You know, these are the guys we all played with in elementary school and middle school. What happened to me? And at this point, I still didn't know if I was going to graduate. I was still, you know, a couple credits behind. And I remember saying, okay, if I am able to finish school, if I'm able to actually graduate, the second I walk across that stage, all bets are off. We're even again. We're all equal. That one moment in time, it, we're equals. So I pushed harder and harder, and it came down to my last test in my history class. I stayed up for 24 hours, and they said, you know what? If you don't pass this test, you don't, pass, you don't graduate. And we didn't do school pictures, and we didn't do cap and gown. I mean, I, it came down to the wire the last day. And I stayed up all night, I studied, and I turned in that report. And I remember my teacher looking at that, taking a look at it, and threw it in the garbage can. And I lost it. I started screaming at him. I was cussing. I was yelling. How dare you? I've worked day and night. And I was yelling at him. They said, Woody, if I grade this paper and you get anything wrong, you don't graduate. Go graduate. And so I literally ran out of class. I called my mom collect on the payphone. Like, mom, I did it. I did it. You know, I even get choked up 20 years later now. And I remember walking across that stage, and I had to borrow someone's cap and gown to walk across the stage. And I remember getting a standing ovation from my friends. And it taught me a very valuable lesson, that regardless of your background, regardless of your education, if you put your nose to the grindstone, if you work harder than anybody else, there is no level of success you cannot obtain. It's not about your parents. It's not about your family, your sex, your race, your religion, your color. None of those things. Success does not care who you are. It only cares if you pay the price. And so that lesson taught me about paying the price. And I've paid the price countless times since then. Man, that is a powerful story. And I really am looking forward to continuing this journey. So let's continue this journey, Woody. And let's go into the other end of the spectrum, which is an aha moment. At some point, you must have had an aha moment that just really took you from graduating high school to this multi-million this multimillionaire at the age of 26. Can you take us through that portion of your life, the aha moment you had and how you turned that moment into success? Yeah, what happened was I, uh, you know, so I made the money and by age 26 and this was in 1999, that was the whole dot com dot bomb era. So I had taken the company through the public offering stage. I had my shares. I had uh, sold out to my business partners 
they got leveled by the market. So I didn't get paid and I got leveled as well. And then in about a five year period of time, we built a mortgage company in seven states and we're doing about $30 million in revenue. And then in 2005, I saw the writing on the wall. I thought this bubble's going to burst. There's no way we can sustain this again. So I thought there's no way I'm going down again. So in 05, um, and the market was still going real well. We're still making a ton of money, but I thought, you know what? I'm out. So I got out August 1st of 2005 and I thought, you know what? My story is not original. I know countless people and I have read countless stories of men and women who didn't have an education, who didn't have success, who didn't have any resources, who went on to become a household name like Disney and Ford and Steve Jobs and countless other people. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to write a book about them. So I wrote my first book called Millionaire Dropouts, Inspiring Stories of the World's Greatest Failures. And in the process of writing that book, I read over a thousand biographies of elementary school, middle school, high school, and college dropouts, trying to find out what was their secret to success, what allowed them to beat unbeatable odds. Because even though I, I had gone back to school and I graduated high school, I went to a, a year of college and failed out of that miserably and, and left. So I've dropped out of both high school and college. So I was definitely qualified and certified to write that book. And in writing the book, I came across a quote that changed my life forever. And it was a quote by Dr. John Dewey that said, the deepest urge in human nature is the desire to be important. I thought, no, there's no way that quote's true. There's no way I want to be more important than my family or more important than my city or more important than my neighbor. So I thought, I want to prove him wrong. Now, he's been dead for 56 years, but I'm going to go prove him wrong anyways. So in the process of trying to prove him wrong, I ended up proving him right. I interviewed 2,500 people, and I found that every single person I interviewed had seven unique characteristics that made them feel important. And when they validated that feeling of importance internally, meaning for them, by them, they were able to beat anything. They were able to overcome any challenge. And that's where I discovered and built the foundation of emotional fingerprint, that we all have these seven unique characteristics that make us feel important. When we validate those versus looking to the world for validation, we have courage, we have strength, we have ability. John, if I can use you as an example, when you were in the military and you sacrificed for our country, you did it for a unique feeling of importance, but you did it internally. You didn't do it for the money. You didn't do it for the praise. You didn't do it for the validation. You did it because you had an internal drive. And because of that internal drive, you were very successful at it. That same drive took you to San Diego to start in real estate. That same internal drive allowed you to beat unbeatable odds. That same drive allowed you to have the number one show on iTunes. And as you continue to validate that internally, you continue to get the outcome you want to have. The second we fail is when we seek external validation. We seek other people's praise, other people's acceptance, recognition, or acknowledgement. And you look at the great men and women in our country, and you can look at celebrities, you can look at sports figures, you can look at Lance Armstrong, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, people who started looking for an external validation, Dennis Rodman, for example, they start to fail miserably because it's not sustainable. So probably the biggest aha moment I've ever had in my life, besides the fact of marrying my wife, was the fact that everybody has this feeling of importance and that consciousness of internal versus external changes everything. Man, that is powerful, Woody. One thing that I'm just so intrigued by in that whole entire aha moment that you've had, you read over 1,000 biographies. That is just truly incredible. Can you just talk about two or maybe three really quickly that just really stood out to you because of their story and maybe share why they stood out to you? Yes, Richard Branson, uh, the founder of Virgin Virgin Everything, I mean, Virgin Mobile, Virgin Records, Virgin Atlantic, you guys know who he is. Uh, his book, Losing My Virginity, was one of the most inspiring books I'd read because it talked about how hard his life was growing up. 
On the way home from a family trip one day, his parents wanted to teach him how to swim. So they pulled, literally pulled the car over on the side of the road and threw him in a river, just dropped him in a river, trying to teach him how to swim. And he was starting to drown. So his aunt had to jump in the river to save him. Then another time, his mom wanted him to go see his grandma, you know, gave him a couple bucks for food and his bicycle and pointed in the direction said, oh, it's about 25 miles that way. Go find her. I mean, his whole life was just go do it. There's no excuses. You just, you know, you need to do this, go do it. So when he dropped out of high school and then when he created his first business, it was the same thing. It was that go get an attitude. Just do it. You don't, it doesn't matter. You just go out and you do it and you do it. And I felt, I felt a kindred spirit with him in that because I didn't know growing up, not knowing how to read, I didn't know how to, to do anything. I didn't know what I couldn't do because I didn't believe what other people told me. I just thought, well, I'll do it until I make it happen. And I had enough of a pattern of doing enough things to making it happen. And he did too. Now, obviously he and I have completely different levels of success, but that's the great thing about when you read biographies, you never compare your success to somebody else's. You just compare what attributes of skill did they have that you want to have that you can refine. Because dollars and cents don't matter. I mean, I've made and lost two fortunes in my life. They just don't matter. But what does matter is the skill set you can learn from other people. The second person is Harriet uh, Tubman, who, you know, the uh, broke away from slavery, Underground Railroad. Her story is so powerful that when she ran away the first time, her and her two brothers went with her, got scared. The brothers got scared and turned back. She freed so many women and men from slavery. She actually went back years later, got her mom and dad, got her brothers. She couldn't read either. She fell asleep under a wanted poster with her picture on it and could have easily been killed. And it just goes to show you once again that you don't have to have education. You don't have to have the perfect um, environment to succeed. You just have to pay a price. Those are two books now that are going to be high on my list. So, Woody, have you had an I've made it moment? Yeah. One of my favorite questions, John, when I ask people, because I've interviewed a lot of people as well as you have, is I always ask them, when you knew you made it, what was the one thing that you bought just for fun to celebrate that? Ooh, I like and that I had question. I interviewed Tony Robbins, and you know, he bought a Phantom Rolls Royce and uh, interviewed a couple of very successful people. And, and it always seemed to be cars. They all kind of bought cars. And so when I had made it, I... I've loved cars since I was a little kid, and I've had 22 cars in the last 16 years of my marriage, or 17 years of my marriage, but the car that I loved the most was a custom-built Dodge Viper, and, you know, Dodge Viper is really unruly and fast to begin with, but then we custom-built it up to 900 horses, uh, 0 60 was 2.9, top speed was 217. The thing I loved about that car is it represented my life, because I've driven Ferraris and Lamborghinis and other exotics. And they are amazing vehicles. I mean, they're a piece of art. And the problem with them is <clears throat> they're not unruly, meaning they're so custom built that you can't really fail in them. But on a Dodge Viper, they don't build them with traction control. They purposely have decided that you've got to learn to drive that car. That car at 100 miles an hour on the freeway, if I shift gears, I'll spin the tires and throw it sideways. And so it teaches you how to use this unruly machine. And so I've owned two of them already. I'm going for a third here soon. And to me, that's what life is. Life doesn't come with traction control. It doesn't come with steering. It comes with just balls out to the wall, do what you want, make it happen, and floor it until you make it. And that, to me, is what that car represented. And so I've, I've loved it. It's been a blast, and uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. Well, I love that answer, and I love that analogy. And I really like your twist on that question. I may have to use that in a couple upcoming interviews. When you had oh, your sure. I made a moment what it was the first thing that you bought. So thank you for sharing that with me. 
Entrepreneur on Fire, for me, it's about the journey. And I just love to hear that you are enjoying the different milestones that you're hitting along your journey. It does really sound like you are appreciating the journey for itself, not just for each success that you're making. Do you find that to be the case? Oh, 100%. I've met too many people who've been ridiculously successful financially, but have lost their souls along the way. There are many successful, you know, New York Times bestselling authors. If you were to look at their life, it's in shambles. They don't live what they teach. And I've known these men and women personally. It's very disheartening to me because to me, it's all about integrity with your message. Do you live it? Do you honor it? Do you support it? And it's too easy to make money. See, the funny thing about money is there's only one true way to make money, and that's a calculated risk. The rest are techniques. Stocks and bonds are a technique. Real estate's a technique. Even you know, multi-level marketing is a technique. Being a W-2, getting a job, that's a technique. You're risking eight hours a day for a paycheck. So there is only one way, and that's a calculated risk. So making money is not the issue. The issue is how do you live after you've made it, or how do you live as you're making it? See, to me, my wife and I, all we ever wanted was a certain lifestyle. Not a certain amount of money, a certain lifestyle. We want freedom. We want happiness. We want to raise our kids in, a, in a, an amazing country. We want to be religious. We want to have faith. We want to have strength. We want to have integrity. So to me, if you live those things along the way, then the other things are just bonuses. If you make some money, that's a bonus. If you make some new great friends, that's a bonus. You know, being able to talk with you on the number one rated show on iTunes, that's a bonus. But it's really about how do you live along the way. That's powerful, Woody. And let's use that power to move into the next topic, which is your current business. You have a lot of exciting things going on right now in your business. And I just want to let you talk about a couple of them. Share with Fire Nation some things that are just really exciting you right now. The thing I'm most passionate about right now is our membership site. We have a membership site at nomoretherapy.com. That's nomoretherapy.com. I love words, and so I look into words all the time. The word therapy means treatment. And yeah, there are a few percentage of people who actually need treatment, people who are, have severe addictions to pornography or alcoholism or other things, they need treatment. But for the rest of us, we need a strategy. So I don't believe in therapists, I believe in a strategist. And I am a strategist to help people get from where they are to where they want to be. And the technique that I use is emotional fingerprint. So if you go on to nomoretherapy.com, it's about 35 minutes of free training. You discover your emotional fingerprint. I ask you specific questions. You type in those specific answers. And it's a wonderful tool that you can give away free. I give it away free all day long. But at the very end of that 35 minutes, if someone wants to be part of the membership site, then they get access to the weekly phone calls and the 60 videos and the 50 PDFs. And that's what I'm passionate about because my one-on-one coaching, I charge $1,000 an hour. And I've always been the Neiman Marcus of coaching. And I thought, how do I become the Walmart of coaching? How do I help the masses? And so that's what that website allows us to do. And it's been a blast. We've had a great success with it. Membership sites are just a great way to go because exactly what you were saying, it's helping the masses. And that's one thing I love about Entrepreneur on Fire is that I can literally pull up my demographics every day, every week, and see that this show is being downloaded in over 100 countries by over 100,000 unique downloaders every single month. And it's just insane to see these numbers and to see the locations in South America and Africa and China and Australia. So it's just really fun to be able to offer this across the medium in this really leverageable, scalable world that's just now exploding with smartphones and tablets and Wi-Fi everywhere. Are you seeing this kind of passion just running with your membership site and what you're able to offer to so many more people? 
Yeah, absolutely. When we did our last book deal, um, it's called Your Emotional Fingerprint. I've written nine books now. So the seven books, uh, a seven book series called Millionaire Dropouts we did, and then I did another book, and then I did Your Emotional Fingerprint and get that at Amazon everywhere else. And we ended up picking up 11 different countries, so it's translated in 11 languages. And we found that foreign countries were actually paying more money for the book royalties than even the United States. We find that on our membership site, we're picking up countries everywhere. And we are now a global community. And I find it very, for those entrepreneurs, I find it very close-minded to think that, oh, I only want to sell in the U.S. I only want to manufacture in the U.S. I only want to U.S. this, U.S. that. Yeah, I believe in our country. I'm a, I'm a patriot through and through, and I believe supporting our country. But we're a global community now. Let's not be selfish. Let's help other countries grow because as they grow and they have more money, they buy our products. So to think that we can live in this small thing where I want to manufacture everything here and I only want to sell here, you're limiting your belief. You're limiting what can be. So I'm a huge fan of a global community. I'm a huge fan of reaching out, yet still being patriotic simultaneously. You're doing some incredibly great things, Woody. And before we move into the lightning round, which is the last round of this interview, I'd love to just make sure that we are covering everything that you want to cover as far as what you're doing. Is there anything else? Yeah, there's two more things I want to cover real quick. Awesome. Please do. And they kind of apply to your life as well. One of them is called relationships to riches. Now, if you look up the word riches, it's defined as resources. So it's really relationships to resources. If you want to make more money, if you want to have a greater impact, then you have to tap into your resources. And those are the people that you know. One of the things that I do is I don't have a Facebook page. I don't have a Twitter page. I used to, you know, I maxed them out to the 5,000 that I could on Facebook. And then I thought, you know what? It's not generating more revenue for my company. Now, everyone has a different business model. But what I did is I looked at, okay, where have I made the most amount of money? I have made the most amount of money dealing one-on-one with people, connecting on a real level. So I do what's called the interview process. And for the entrepreneurs who have a business model that this will apply, this will create more revenue for you than any advertising. I mean, I've done infomercials. I've done three of those. I've done full-page ads. I've owned my own radio show. I've done all the other type of marketing. But I found that the interview process is by far the most rewarding and the most profitable. And it's simply this. I spend, on average, you know, $23.97 on taking someone to lunch. But in that hour of taking them to lunch, I interview their emotional fingerprint. I create value for them. I help them understand the challenges that they have, and I help them with solutions. And in the process of them creating me creating value for them, they then open their Rolodex to me. And they'll say, oh, what do you know who you need to meet? So-and-so. Oh, you know what you need to do? You need to do so-and-so. And what happens is you build your relationship capital, and you're able to make a bigger impact and a bigger difference. John, you're doing the exact same thing. You bring on incredible entrepreneurs, but now you have friends around the country. When you launch your next book, every one of us will market your book for you. All 100,000 unique visitors will market your book for you because you created value for the masses, and that is called Relationships to Riches. And so what I did is I created a Relationships to Riches card system. So if you go onto myemotionalfingerprint.com under products, there's a card system there. Or if you go on nomorethepy.com at the end of the membership site, you get the card system for free. But what I want to do is I create a card system. I've written so many books. I thought, what's the funnest thing I can do? Oh, let me, let me give your, your listeners a quick bit of advice. Here's one of the funnest things you can do for your business. Whenever you, your business gets stale, I have this one simple question. And the question is this. What is the craziest thing I can do for my business right now? By giving yourself that permission to think that wildly, you'll be astonished at what you will do. 
I've done a movie. I've done three movies. I've done three infomercials, nine books. All of them started by that simple question. What's the craziest thing I can do right now? I thought, oh, man, I've never done an infomercial. Let's do an infomercial. And so I created this card system of helping people with relationships to riches, how to create value in other people's lives, how to identify their emotional fingerprints, how to validate it internally. And so they just play this card game with themselves, and then they have, there's a separate deck for somebody else that they can do it. So you're creating this interaction that's really fun. And instead of having to read a 300-page book, you can do it in a card game. So that's one of our other products I forgot to mention that we're really excited about. But the last thing I want to cover, and I want those who are listening, get a pen and a paper. This is going to be very profound. It's extremely simple. It takes about a minute to two minutes, but it's ridiculously profound on the effect it will have. And it's called my MAP system. M as in Mary, A as in Apple, P as in Paul, S as in Sam. MAPS. So on the left-hand side of the paper, write M-P-S. That stands for Message, Product, or Service. So of all the people I've interviewed, all the businesses I've owned, and John attests to this, if you will, every business can be categorized into one of three areas. Either it's a message business, it's a products business, or a service business, or all three or all two. Does that make sense? Absolutely. 100%, yes. Okay. Well, what's missing on a a treasure map is X. X marks a spot. So on the right right side of MPS, put the letter X. So what's also missing is A, which is audience. So it's MPS times A equals the dollar sign. So I'll walk you through it real briefly. You take Oprah Winfrey at her highest level on her talk show. She had millions and millions of viewers. So she had an enormous audience and she created a net worth of over a billion dollars. You take a school teacher who has an audience of about 30 students and her income is only going to be about 60 to 70 grand a year. So if you take away audience, all you have is PMS. You're stressed, you're anxious, you're frustrated, you're exhausted. If you take away MPS, and all you have is audience, you have YouTube. All they do is sell eyeballs. They sell advertisements. That's the only thing that they have to sell. So you have to have a combination of message, product, and service times your audience equals your income. But here's where most entrepreneurs make their biggest mistake. We're innovators. That's why we're entrepreneurs. And we love our product. We love our message. We love our service. We're so passionate about it that we forget to ever build an audience. And frankly, Kevin Costner's a liar. If you build it, they will not come. <laughs> you have to focus on audience. So doing the interview process of taking people to lunch, finding people who have audiences. And John, once again, you're a master of this. You found people who have audiences who refer back to the radio show. So now you, every single month, you increase your viewership. And you've done this map system. That's why you've had the success you've had. So most people, though, and especially entrepreneurs, when they're so passionate, they forget about the audience. So what I did about six months ago is I only focused on my audience. I already had my product, service, and messages. I didn't need to do another product. What I needed to do was find a bigger audience. So I do what you've done. I've done tons of radio shows. I've met with corporations. I've met with charitable organizations. And now our audience is absolutely exploding. So then what happens, your income starts to explode as well. Your net worth is directly tied to your network. Could not agree with you more, Woody. To use myself as an example... People are always asking me, John, how did you get such explosive growth and go from zero downloads to over 100,000 a month so quickly? And I said, listen, I launch a new podcast every single day with an amazing, successful, and inspiring entrepreneur. So every single day, 6 a.m., I'm sending that entrepreneur an email saying, hey, guess what, Woody? Your podcast just went live and you rocked the mic. You have an amazing message. Help me share this message. So 
Entrepreneur on Fire is using a new amazing entrepreneur every single day to, to leverage their audience, to share with my audience. And by combining the two, it's this amazing snowball effect that just multiplies every single day. Absolutely. That's the way to do it. It's relationships to riches. It's relationships to resources, finding the audience. And the great thing is, it doesn't matter what product, service, or message you have. If you're selling widgets, if you're selling computers, if you're selling uh, real estate, it doesn't matter. You all need an audience. So find out who has your audience because there's two ways to get an audience. One is buy, the other is borrow. So buying an audience is paying for Google AdWords and paying for radio shows and paying for newsprint magazines. The second, which I believe is far more leverageable and far more profitable, is borrowing an audience. So on this, uh, this radio show right now, you're borrowing my audience because, of course, I'm going to send it to everybody that I know. They're going to listen and say, hey, you know, I really like Entrepreneur on Fire. I'm going to sign up for that podcast. And so you're leveraging other people's audience by creating massive value. So by you interviewing me, you create massive value for my audience, and in return, my audience will create massive value for you. And that's how the true win-win synergy happens. Absolutely, because it's a complete win for you to come on and expose yourself and your amazing message to the already audience that exists at Entrepreneur on Fire. Yep. And that is just going to be a perfect lead-in to my favorite part of the show, which is the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Let's rock and roll. Let's do it. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Actually, nothing, because I was an entrepreneur at a very young, kid, a very young age, you know, selling candies in school. So I think what really held me back was my own belief system when I got into my 20s, not knowing how to read, not having education. And, you know, that, that's what held me back, believing that, quote unquote, I was stupid because I had a great point to prove that I was stupid. So the only thing that really held me back after I was already successful was just my own belief system of my past. What is the best business advice you ever received? It's all about relationships. You know, Zig Ziglar, who just passed away, said, you know, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. And I think all relationships are, are rooted in, in all businesses are, re, are rooted in relationships. Could not agree more. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with right now that you can share with Fire Nation? Actually, I don't, to be honest. I, I use tech where I need to, but I'm really in front of people every day. And it's all about the relationships. Yeah, I, I don't spend much online or I don't have a lot of, you know, advice. I just don't. I mean, I... I, you know what? You know what? Let me give you. Here's one for you guys. If you want to have a membership site, my favorite uh, platform is Kajabi. K-A-J-A-B-I.com. Kajabi. And when I discovered them, I spent tens of thousands of dollars on building websites. But with them, I pay $200 a month and I can custom change my website all the time. So my entire platform now is on Kajabi. Wow. That is a great resource. If you could recommend one book for Fire Nation, what would it be? The classic As a Man Thinketh by James Allen, one of the greatest books ever written. Love it. We will link that as well as everything else we're talking about in the show notes today. So, Woody, this is the last question. It's my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You have all the experience and knowledge you currently have right now. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Oh, that's easy. 
I take that $500, I divide it by $25, so I could end up taking 20 different people to lunch. So that'd be about a month's worth of interviews of taking people to lunch. Yep. I would use my online computer to go and Google whoever is the biggest player in my neighborhood, my city, which charitable organizations need the most help, and then I would take 20 different unique people to lunch. And within 30 to 60 days, I'd be back on top. Man, that is actionable advice, Woody. And you've given us actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. The bottom line is this. Success comes and goes, but the people in your life stay forever. The relationships that you build, the quality of life in which you live, will change your future projection of where you end up. So the bottom line is this. Treat people with respect. Love them, appreciate them, validate them. Simultaneously, appreciate, love, and validate yourself. Have that internal passion. Have that internal drive. And as you do that, you will create the world you want to have. Powerful, Woody. Give yourself a plug. Uh, I would highly recommend discover your own emotional fingerprint. Go to nomoretherapy.com. Share it with other people. Not because I want more people on my membership site, because I want you to Know what it feels like to be internal. I want your spouse, your friends, your coworkers, your bosses. I want them to know the power that each and every individual has, and that's internal validation. And it only comes that I've discovered through understanding your emotional fingerprint at nomoretherapy.com. Awesome. We will link that up in the show notes as well, Woody. Thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. Okay, Fire Nation, are you inspired enough to start your entrepreneurial journey? You need to begin with a platform, and your platform is your website. I've created a video that will take you through the process of buying your domain, installing WordPress, and creating your first post all in under seven minutes. Visit entrepreneuronfire.com blue to find out how to access this great video and take your entrepreneurial leap today. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.